0: Happy Tuesday, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Rocketeer Minute, where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of the greatest adventure movie Walt Disney's ever made, the 1991 Joe Johnston-directed feature, The Rocketeer. I'm one of your hosts, Jim
1: O'Kane of tvdads.com. And I'm Hal Bryan, an airplane nerd from the Experimental Aircraft Association here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And happy to welcome back another airplane nerd from the same place, Alden Frouchy. Alden, thanks for coming back for another episode
0: course it's non-stop here as we're going to go sneak into the uh under the big fish fountain uh, as uh as poor cliff has to basically keep his phony baloney job at the as a waiter and and not not arouse the suspicions of uh master master uh uh, thespian neville sinclair right and he's doing a miserable job (laughs) and of course
1: you know jenny is just digging at him Right there, Neville's asking, you know, so where is he now, this uh, this cliff? And, you know, he's probably hatching some harebrained scheme. I was surprised to learn that the uh, the term harebrained dates back to the 1540s. Yeah. And I'm I'm always fascinated mm. when you dig into etymology of something like this, wondering how accurately can we really pinpoint the origin of something like this, if it's just a oh, sort of a workaday expression or a common term. But presumably that might have been the first time we saw it in writing. But it goes back at least, at least that far, and it's uh, it's exactly what you think. It's uh, refers to a hare, a rabbit, as being sort of flighty and skittish, and sort of all over the place. Yeah, well, so. all
0: your good all your good rodent based adjectives are that <laughs> way. Like you know, squirrely, for example, you Right, think about that, yeah. just... squirrely. Yeah. Calling somebody a rat, rodents and language—what a thing! I, my, one of my favorite bits. Uh, there, there's a couple of favorite bits in this in this particular minute, but one of my favorite little bits of business is watching uh, Cliff try to act nonchalant by carefully rearranging the flowers on this tiny little <laughs> <Right>. table. <laughs> it's like the baby's breath needs to be just a little bit to the left, exactly.
1: And he he makes no he makes no improvements whatsoever.
2: It was always. Sorry, it was always my fa- sister and I's favorite when we were kids. Um, that was the part that would just have us rolling on the floor. And it's not a slapsticky bit, but there's just something about the way he's yeah, right. fluffing flowers that just puts you on the floor every time. Well,
1: Jim, like you said yesterday, this is this has a hint of a little bit of uh, you know, the, sort of the screwball comedies of the era. Yeah, you you can see uh, Billy Wilder pushing something like this. It
0: just right. It's it's very it's very familiar and and to the era in 1938. I mean that was you know right. you could see Jimmy Stewart playing <laughs> playing exactly. this guy and trying not to be.
1: Although uh, you know if this were a true screw, uh, screwball comedy, you'd have uh, uh, you'd have Tiny Ron and the other guy, the 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 big Gopher scene. You'd have those two guys show up at least four more times. Yeah, and in, in areas <laughs> where it made no sense, like suddenly they'd be in the background of the South Seas Club, dressed just like they are in their overalls, but having dinner and then just saying you know. That waiter doesn't know what he's doing, <laughs> and, and we'd see them again and again and again. It was such a trope that you would have whoever your comic relief was, you would just plug him yeah, in wherever you needed a laugh.
0: Mon Pa kettle would show up. Was yeah, one of the, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: um, you know, very quickly we, we mentioned yesterday's episode uh, um, before we get too far into this minute. I was uh, sort of going through sort of frame by frame and zooming and everything else. I think I got a little bit better look at that uh, airplane charm on jenny's uh, on jenny's bracelet and uh so i can i can tell you that it is a, a high wing uh it's a tail dragger monoplane it's very stylized so it's not an especially accurate representation of any sort of particular uh real world type although if anything it reminded me of a little bit of the spirit of st louis so it could have been sort of a lindbergh uh, lindbergh trinket uh, it also like i said it's very flat very stylized but it could easily be inspired by the lockheed vega just like patsy's little uh, pressed metal airplane we've talked about uh, back in the bulldog cafe in the uh, in the earlier soup incident
0: Air- airline uh, or aircraft uh, decoration jewelry and things like that were a popular thing in the 30s. I mean a- a- aviation and air travel was considered romantic and was extremely popular with the general
1: public. Oh absolutely and this is also uh, the beginning of the era of uh, well we, we saw a little bit of this in World War One, but the, certainly in, in the U.S. the 30s are when we saw the introduction of sweetheart jewelry so you'd be in the Army Air Corps and things and when you soloed you could go to the PX and buy yourself a uh, or by a tiny like scaled down version of your wings and uh, send that to your best girl back home. I actually built up a, a small collection of those that uh, I've given to my wife over the years. Um Aww. so you know US and British and you managed to find one much much earlier but the equivalent uh, of uh German pilot's wings from World War 1 uh on a little uh, on a little stick pin sort of thing. But yeah, very much a tradition so giving his girl, here's the oranges for you but but really the airplanes the cool part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very much in that same tradition and
2: it
0: didn't seem to work too well because she just seems seething in this the, the close-ups when she's just her teeth look like they're just try- trying <laughs> yeah, to you know just... get on the, get on the, they're trying to pass right, each other <laughs> exactly <laughs> ah just the, the you, know, you can see like almost neck muscles showing up and un- you know for poor jennifer connelly this is of course one of the best views of her sty that appeared in her <laughs> right eye so you can kind of watch the progression of that that thing it's a cr- and this is just, it looks like her worst day. I mean, she must have been...
1: And we're in minute 67 as StiWatch continues with Jim O'Kane. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, i have to get out my ruler and uh, caliper and just find out exactly what the width right. is. But yeah, this is this is it at its worth. And I'm sure she probably
1: woke up that morning, oh, please, not now, <laughs> not here. Exactly. I have to act with James Bond for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So. But they all—he he took it all in, in hand pretty yeah. well.
1: So you know, apropos of uh, of next to nothing, other than uh, wanting to hear more from our uh, guest, who's being so generous with his time, Alden. I've heard of a of, uh, of an interesting little uh, sort of neo noir film called *The Crimson Specter*. I wonder if you would tell us. Uh, Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, so it, um, my senior capstone project, we work on, you start working on um, actually the semester before you're going to graduate, you start kind of crafting the story and getting all your ducks in a row so that come that semester, you can spend a lot of time really filming it. So you get almost a semester of pre production and then a semester for the production and post production work. Uh, and so we did a, a short film called The Crimson Spectre, which focuses on a brother and sister, the Crimson Spectre, Jesse, and then her brother, Elijah. Who work together as villains of a sort. She's more anarchist than anything else um, and doesn't want, you know, she's not the Joker where she wants to run something or uh, any of the others who want to run or, you know, steal lots of things, whatever. She does it simply because she gets a joy out of lighting things on fire and blowing things up. (laughs) And who Um, among us does not? Yeah. And who, yeah, who among us doesn't? But because she doesn't really have any ambitions, her brother's getting a little frustrated and everything kind of comes to a head after. A uh, mission that was supposed to end with them robbing from a bank to keep paying for you know more explosives and whatnot, and instead of robbing the bank, she blows the bank up. Uh. so he's a little frustrated, and they get into it as only siblings can get into something. <laughs> Um, And it was it's more dealing uh, it while it's set in a comic book universe um, Mm. that we created. We have notebook upon notebook of backstory for other characters that you get like one second references to that maybe someday we'll go back and we'll go revisit those characters. It, um, it was more about the familial aspect of it and exploring right. family drama and relationships <laughs> in a very different way than you would right. normally think to explore. Now, those. It's
1: probably worth pointing out, Alden, that uh, you have a sister. Yes. <laughs> was there any, uh, not to go too personal, was there any inspiration there?
2: Um, a little bit, and you know, a lot of the the silly squabbles you have as little kid siblings. Uh, one of them, somebody gets a better present, if you will, <laughs> than somebody else did during Christmas. Like when Jenny
1: got the GB uh, and you got a pair of socks. Uh, yeah, that kind of thing. you
2: know, something like that. You, know, you get the iPod, and she wanted an iPod too, and you know, so those, so the so the silly ones that as adults you look back on and just laugh at it now, but kind of exploring that, like, well, what happens if it is. It is more serious to you and what you do. Stylistically, we went for, yeah, kind of that neo-noir, almost Gotham look Right. in how we wanted to approach how it
1: looked. Is this something that, uh, is it available online or streaming somewhere? Is there something we can, uh, our, our listeners can watch?
2: Uh, not yet. We do have a uh, Facebook page. It's in the process. We're just finishing out the edits on okay. it now. And then once it's completed, we had a few re-edits we had to do uh it'll start making the festival circuit but i can definitely make sure people have the link to the facebook page so they can keep you know they can keep an eye on what it's doing in festivals mm-hmm. and then at some point probably we're thinking late this year early next year it'll go uh live online
1: uh that's excellent wow. yeah for right now uh, uh jim i'm sure we can get the link in alden's bio but uh it's facebook.com slash the crimson specter so, yeah, it's pretty easy. And uh, just out of, uh, out of curiosity, if somebody were watching, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if somebody's watching TV and watching the weather in the Green Bay area, uh, is that still where we would see uh, your sister? Yep,
2: yeah. Uh, she's WBAY Channel 2, I think. But, mm-hmm. yeah, no, WBAY. Uh, she does the meteorology for us. Excellent.
1: And while we're, while we're uh, going down the list of your family, I do have to give a shout-out to your dad, HG. He and I, uh, you know, you've been friends for quite a while. Uh, one of the first friends I made when I moved uh, moved out here uh, when he was head of the uh, Vintage Aircraft Association. So that's certainly a wonderfully strong common interest we have. And uh, I know he's uh, as big a Rocketeer fan as any of us as well. And would love to, oh, yeah. hoping to get him on the show. And and you know maybe at some point you both get on together or something like that but for right now you get to rub it in that you've done two episodes <laughs> and, I uh, did it for, and you call your yeah, sister exactly so. yeah. I don't see you on any yeah. podcast Jenny <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: that's always been kind of the fun because we originally I wasn't uh, a film person I was actually going to school for air traffic control and then decided to do film and my parents both love that they have one kid who does live broadcasting and the other one is absolutely terrified of live <laughs> broadcasting and would rather craft narrative productions over months
1: and months and you'll see it when it's done
2: yeah
0: <laughs> don't want it spilling into people's houses right out of the tv right. exactly.
2: <laughs> there is i will say prospector and a lot of my projects there is just a hint of racketeer in just about everything i do and the genre in, in general that's still even when you're dealing with darkness to keep it kind of light and kind of fun, because that's kind of how, at least to me, that's kind of how life is, that even when it's trying to knock you down, there's still some comedy somewhere to be found in it, even if it's dark comedy. We wrote a script that we're working on now that's um, kind of the same time frame, Crimson Skies, for those of you original Xbox fans out there, and there are two lines that I stole straight out of Rocketeer as a little (laughs) tip of the hat homage to it.
1: (laughs) And and speaking of Crimson Skies, uh, Skies trivia, I worked on that game for about Two weeks when uh, when some of their team was uh, was being reshuffled, I I sort of slid over at Microsoft onto the Crimson team, and another good friend of mine worked on it uh, worked on it quite a bit. So that was a a fun title to have a hand in. But anyway, we're we're still at the. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how to segue. but We're still back at. We're
0: We're all about the awkward
1: segues, so it's it's okay. But here we are, smoothly
0: smoothly transitioning back
1: to uh, speaking of giant uh, fish, (laughs) yes
0: we're watching you know he's trying to hurry things along clifford is trying to get things moving so get to get things moving he picks up a glass and just pours champagne into jenny's lap <laughs> how do, how to get jenny's attention here have some have some bubbly
1: Whatever works, right?
0: I do like her poise, though, as she's saying, would you excuse me? I have champagne in my lap. It's
1: amazing, too, because uh, she is, uh, poise is just the right word for it because she's addressing him by his first name. Will you excuse me, Neville? And suddenly she has, uh, she's got a much, much stronger role in this relationship with Sinclair than she did when she walked into the place. And it's funny that it, you yeah. know take something sort of humiliating to get it there, but now she's mad. She's got to go deal with this, and okay, Mr. Movie Star, you know you can you can <laughs> sit and wait there for a moment when I go deal with this thing. And you know she almost doesn't even bat an eye.
0: No, it, it's done. And, and you got to remember at the time Jen, Jennifer Connolly is 19 years old, and she can pull off this poise and and just you know it's great acting. She just just such a great job being very mature about the whole thing, and she's. Giving as good as she gets with Timothy Dalton. You know, Timothy Dalton's been in this racket for decades just a, a stunning a stunning ability there that uh, it's really
1: wonderful yeah. to watch. Yeah, like we said when she's, when we start this scene she's she's holding her own I and mean, she certainly doesn't look out of place in the South Seas Club. She's as elegant as anything in there. She's a bit starstruck and then by the time we get here she's just, she's just got this. This is uh, not a traditional and she doesn't know anything about any distress yet but this is not a traditional damsel in distress. Yeah,
0: she's, uh, it, it, it is amazing and I do, I love watching her marching down the stairs. You know, we go from it's still kind of a stressful situation because there's there's all this kind of things happening but we're still in that screwball comedy where she she comes down the stairs and she's whipping off those gigantic uh beyond elbow length gloves she's she's pulling it you know <laughs> it's so hard to get off when you got the champagne glued to your glued to your arm but she's she's coming down pulls them off and she's looking around for you know meet me by the big fish and she gets to that big cement or whatever that is uh some kind of uh poured fish <laughs> and gets yanked from behind as, as as though she were you know had a, had a piano wire wrapped right. around just,
1: <laughs> just zips back into the ferns and then of course cliff stands up and hits his head immediately
0: it hits uh, his head on those fountains which uh as a uh as a new jersey boy I, these things always remind me of uh well every, everybody else knows them as the band but i know it as the as the wholesale outlet of fountains of Wayne there used to be a <laughs> Uh, the, the now defunct Wayne, Wayne, New Jersey was the name of the, the name of the town is very close to a very large shopping center. And just as you're on the road there, which I think is Route 46, uh, it, it, you'd go by this gigantic cement Santa Claus. And next to him was this big sign that said Fountains of Wayne. And as many if you ever if you've ever watched The Sopranos and you notice how many people in uh, in northern New Jersey have their entire lawn. Pretty much replaced by cement figurines. <laughs> this, is, this is very reminiscent of what the show, uh, not the showroom, but the show yard of Fountains of Wayne was like. You saw a picture, you saw large cement porpoises and, and seahorses and, and so um, it, uh, St. Francis and all kinds of it, stuff. It
1: sounds to me like those are to New Jersey what uh, big fake plastic deer are to Wisconsin. <laughs> and, yes. and Alden, are you a wisconsin
2: native alton Alden, for all intents and purposes yes i was born in connecticut okay. but we moved here and i was like nine years right. old you, so i know your family had some
1: roots in connecticut but uh anyway that was uh that was one of the uh sort of the quirky culture shift things for me is uh just the staggering number of big fake deer in people's yards and it's not it's, <laughs> it's not a bad thing there's nothing wrong with it and then you know they're often very sort of tastefully arranged with a bit of feng shui if that's a, if that's if you can have that outdoors with plastic deer but uh, it was uh, it's just not something i was used to seeing so oh, my,
0: my wife used to live in the town of lemonster massachusetts and what lemonster was known for was it had a large plastics factory and they supplied about 99 percent of the world's uh production of pink uh plastic flamingos oh. they went out of business about uh i'd say 5 to 10 years ago but the uh, the entire town was coated in <laughs> in pink flamingos and they they distributed to the world that was their the primary export of, of Lemonster. it's it is just amazing how you can tell where you are just from what what's on people's right. front lawns ah but we we watch uh we watch dear jenny uh, getting yanked underneath the uh <laughs> a, a great thing to edit against as they they both pop into the frame with uh, <laughs> I just I can I'm I'm scrubbing yeah, so back, back, and, back forth and forth and watching like Clifford bang his head on the <laughs> on the underside of, of of the fountain there. Some perfect banter that goes from screwball to uh to pathos. He he has to explain to her that Bigelow's been right. murdered and it, it it all just she her face goes from anger to absolute you know uh concern and wonderment that she just
1: yeah and this this moment as soon as uh, as soon as cliff says murdered we just we flip a switch and you know for this instant the uh, the screwball comedy piece is behind us although there's a, there's a bit of sort of not quite slapstick stuff coming up but uh a bit of lighter yeah. things there, but another great uh, another great turning point. Jenny is now taking this uh, this particular harebrained scheme a little bit more seriously. She knows the stakes are high, and and suddenly, finally, she believes uh, she believes Cliff because that's always yeah, they could have played up. Uh, and I'm so glad they didn't. They could have played up this frustration where Cliff is doing this thing and Jenny doesn't get it or doesn't believe him or whatever else. You could have played that out a lot longer and made that so much more frustrating. I think they just they hit the tone just right. It's like she doesn't really know what's going on, but boom! Now she's taking it seriously. She's going to see him in action fairly soon. No spoilers, and it's all going to, you know, really sort of click into place for her that uh, there is something serious going on.
0: And the, the narrative strategy in the script at this point—you, even though you know she's she's been thrashing him—it's the it's the Dave Stevens style in the comic books that he, you know, like like at the time it was Betty in the in the right. comics, but she'll just get mad at him for for something. But deep down, she's you know she's madly in love with cliff and vice versa she takes him seriously when the times require it, and she's actually listening to him trying to figure out whether he is having a harebrained scheme or not she's evaluating the whole time he's talking to her you're watching her acting with her eyes examining him or you know how true is the things he's saying uh, and, and also how does it affect them what well, what's going on this is another one of those scenes where i mean it's not only the script it's the cinematography because the camera just loves jennifer connelly in that in this scene the lighting and the, you know it just it just lights up her whole face and, and her concern and stuff like that it really the, the interplay between the way the camera is capturing her image and the the emotions that she's portraying on the screen is just a fantastic combo
2: i, I love the the sound in the scene the whole movie i'm i'm a sound guy sound design is what i like to do uh, it's what i tend to do in in my editing world, I like when Cliff stands up. The satisfying thud of his head hitting that big fish hurts yes. your head watching. <laughs> it really it. does. Yes, <laughs> you feel that, and you you feel for Billy Campbell. You're like, I want to know how many times you had to do that, and the size of like the goose egg on the top <laughs> yes. of his head by the end of all of those takes of standing up into that that piece. But even uh, you're it, when you I was watching it getting ready, and I'm listening, and you can hear. Softly the people walking behind them, but it's kind of muffled by all the plants and you can hear the music off in the distance I want to go back and rewatch it a couple more times and really listen to it because it almost sounds to me like as As it goes makes that transition from slapstick screwball comedy to Serious moment of Bigelow's been murdered Everything kind of seems to fade out and it gets a little more quiet in the scene right up until they come back out of the plants. And then all of a sudden you remember, oh, wait, that's right. We're in this beautiful South Seas Club. Uh, it's just, it's fantastic. Yeah,
0: I, w- I would love to see like a track listing because it's got to oh be about, you know, 10, 12 tracks thick at oh, least.
1: No kidding. Yeah. all
0: kidding. All the ambience going on in the background, the ambient sound is, is amazing. That makes that that makes that whole set seem
1: bigger than it is and busier than it is. And, of course, the, uh, you know, the music in the background, as uh, you had pointed out in your summary, Jim, that's Night and Day, so another Cole Porter classic. Uh, again, arranged by Billy May. Oh, sure. Uh, and uh, from 1932, I think, I think Fred Astaire was the first one to sort of sing it uh, in, uh, or eventually became known as the Gay Divor- uh, Divorcee, but I think there was a slight name change for that uh, that musical at the beginning.
0: Yeah, I'd probably be one of, I mean, I think if you ask people name a Cole Porter song, that might be the one that a lot of people would come up with. Uh, quickly,
1: uh, no, Jim, you're wrong. It's Begin the Begin sung by uh, Melora Hardin. I believe <laughs> we've established this. Yes, that uh, that is definitive Cole Porter. Well, I guess it uh, depends who you ask. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, if you disagree with me again, sir, I shall challenge you to meet me by the big fish, and we will settle yes. this like men.
0: Yes, oh, bring soup. Yes, bring uh, soup. <laughs>
1: The terrible thing about this movie is
0: is that there's hardly anything to criticize, and it makes it difficult because this is just <laughs> such a beautiful scene. And, and Alden, like you pointed out, the sound is so uh-huh. deep. Everything it, they pay so much attention to the small details, and getting it wrong wouldn't have made it much worse. But this makes it so much better. It just, right. it really, you, you feel like yeah. you're, you feel like you're you're hunkered down behind a big fish
1: fountain. Well, uh, and Alden you made a great point. So I'm scribing back and forth, and you know, just letting it play very very quietly. But I think you're absolutely right that uh, we bring that ambient. Noise down a bit to emphasize the intimacy and the drama of and the tone change that we've been talking about. The Bigelow's been murdered, and such a subtle thing that I we feel it, but I i don't think I would have ever ever noticed it unless I was specifically trying to think from the strictly from the sound perspective. No.
2: Yeah, and I, you know, since sound designer, I, I it was what I one of the things I was looking for both in my I rewatched the whole movie, but of also <laughs> this just, game, to, just know, to make yeah. sure. Yeah, <laughs> I bought a new TV, so I was like, well, oh, I got to break it in somehow, and, you know. This seems like a really good idea, but you know, even the little things like the button press when he when the the rocket gets activated each time, but especially the first time, and then when he salutes in front of the or off to the side of the tri motor and goes plummeting thousands and thousands of feet down, it, it's just you know there's a very distinct noise that it has, and little things like that, you know, dropping the audio when you're in in a very. Uh, really an important scene it kind of it's setting you up to kick off the third act of the movie oh, uh everything's kind of coming to a head we start realizing how important this rocket pack is to people that they're willing to kill a man who has nothing to do with this rocket pack to get to the guy who has the rocket pack because he's he's the one you want oh taking the girlfriend out on a date and it all just kind of comes to a head and then the sound just kind of amplifies how important this one seemingly innocuous event right. is
0: there's a, one little bit of punctuation in this minute when Jenny is you know going down to the foot of the stairs and she gets yanked into the into the alcove behind the, the <laughs> fountain. She's not moving her her mouth, but they drop in a little gasp from Jenny right as she gets pulled in. And it's it, what you're used to in a cartoon of having just some little noise when something happens. And her gasp is right at that point. So it, it again the sound is, is what makes it makes a little bit better right. a little bit of seasoning on it.
1: And if this were uh, if this were a true screwball comedy of the era, there'd be a 50-50 uh, chance we'd hear a penny whistle as she was uh, <laughs> you know, just whisked back in there. Uh, into the ferns. <laughs> We've got to stop watching Tim. the movie while we're watching. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just, I just keep hey, remember this at. part, guys? I don't like this part. <laughs> Shut up! I'm watching. <laughs> yeah, another thing we'll put on our list of, uh, of things to ask, uh, ask Billy next time he joins us is you know you're pointing out how many takes did he have to go through hitting his head on there? Uh, uh, of course, with you know with sound design being what it is, we get that that wonderful thunk you pointed out. But this thing could be styrofoam, you know, or it, could be, you know yeah. it could be made yeah. out of pillows. And but we hear the thunk and, and it sells us. You know, I wonder was that uh, was that intentional? Was that written in? Did it happen once? And uh, and Joe said, "No, I like it. Let's go with it. Just give me twenty <laughs> more takes until you're, you're until you're unconscious." But uh, yeah. if you see two jannies, we'll stop. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> big fish swimming around his yeah. head, <laughs> yeah, right. Chirping like little birds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. stars.
0: Uh, one, one of the things that we we brought up with Melora um, Hardin and with Billy Campbell is that this entire South Seas thing was filmed in a day. They did one day on this set. That and that they film so many setups and. I mean, they must have been going from dawn till, well, the next day, probably. It's just incredible how many, I mean, the setups, the, the camera setups on this one alone, there's, you know, it's just watch, she she gets yanked into the thing. They do the stand-up with a two-shot, where the two of them are arguing with each other. Then they do the shot over Jenny's shoulder. Then they do the reverse shot over Cliff's shoulder, and they cut back and forth to those. So it, that's at least, that's four camera setups right there.
1: And they got it all done in a day. And just, and you just think about the coordination with the, the band, with yeah. you know, the band leader, and all of melora's choreography just the extras everybody's sitting at tables everybody it would have taken a, a day just for wardrobe you would think <laughs> just get everybody all dolled up like this
0: yeah just have all the it's, the, it's obviously a sign of a good production staff really, yeah, they really really
1: are the pros kidding that just that blows my mind you yeah. know participate some of the video shoots we do at work and then you know some of the promo things and you know, it takes two hours to set up for a, a you know, a 30-second shot, which is which is half the length of the whole video.
0: <laughs> I, I feel like we're doing a good job when we get the, the guests to show up. This is great. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you all, and thank you very much for uh, for, yeah. for getting up early on a day off to, to get this done. Oh, yeah. I know you guys right now, as this is being aired, you probably are deep in the uh, half a million of your best friends uh, yeah. out there with uh, <laughs> with airplanes and things getting all this this particular show underway. I I appreciate the time that uh, that you take to to do this while while so much is coming up. I mean this is like watching the oncoming tsunami and you say, "Well, could you fit in another couple of, you know, half hours <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> to do some shows?" So it it is much more like stopping for
1: a bowl of soup uh, just to yes. keep it the recurring <laughs> theme. <laughs> yes. so, well, yeah, a re- disaster is pending but uh I could use some tomato bisque.
0: (laughs) 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 Wow! But it's uh, all been it's been great uh, uh, having you on the show. I'm sure we're going to have you on again uh, to talk some more airplanes and and movies. Uh, It's it is a great and it's always great to talk to people who love this movie. There are there are many, and I think the numbers growing. Thank hopefully thanks to our podcast.
2: I converted a couple of them while I was in school uh, of people who either had never even heard of the movie. Uh, One of my friends uh, who. Hal also knows Connor, oh, sure. who very well may be listening to this episode while he's working on GB models as he well. He better be. Or um, if not, there will, yeah, there right. will be trouble. <laughs> I will drive to Manitowoc and go give him what for. Hang <laughs> one on his, came his over to you down there. <laughs> i'm not letting him waltz without it uh (laughs) he came over to my house one night and yeah he and i we watched the racketeer because i talked about it incessantly and he was like i gotta watch this movie i like airplanes like what is this and he's yeah there are posters on in his bedroom now (laughs) <laughs> That's
0: fantastic. That's, thanks to the easy availability of eBay. It's just it's <laughs> terrifying what this movie does, especially from the merchandising angles. Oh, uh, but it is—it is—it is fun. I mean, you. This is a movie that you can recommend to anyone and say, "Look, you're going to like this movie." I have yet to find somebody that said it was okay. But I've never, like, unless you look at the the, the movie review the reviewers of the time, all of mm-hmm. whom were dumb. yes so, <laughs> Yes, in our
1: esteemed and professional opinion, you guys were dumb.
0: <laughs> it lasts and lasts. I mean, it's been going for. Quarter of a century now, and it finds a new generation of of viewers or people in the same generation who just hadn't seen it the first go round. I I I like watching people watch this movie because they it for lack of a better term it's such a movie movie. You really get uh, your suspension of disbelief just gets hung up on the wall, and (laughs) uh, it's uh, it's such a beautiful thing. And well, I'm I'm preaching to the choir here. Yes,
2: exactly.
1: (laughs) Tell me more about this rocketeer, Jim. Yes, (laughs) that sounds wonderful.
0: yeah it's it's not too bad as a as a film and it, you know it beats watching uh, the the school lunch menu on the cable channel uh,
2: the <laughs> the, uh, the very first movie my my girlfriend and i ever watched together our first official date if you will was the rocketeer because i was like you need to watch this movie and so much of me is going to make so much more sense <laughs> right. to you and she fell in love instantly with jenny she uh she thanks god that i have all of the the magazines and memorabilia and whatnot she keeps making noise that she wants to take all the measurements and just like work out how to make jenny's dress to so she has jenny's dress to wear around
1: (laughs) well you know know we know (laughs) we know a guy we know mike bruno (laughs) hope you're listening my friend um gosh he's uh yeah he could maybe snap an extra picture or two you never you never know um and congratulations to your girlfriend for uh for passing the test because of course, yeah. if she, you know, if yeah, she uh,
0: she watched the movie
1: and you watched her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Studying her face, is that a frown? Hmm. She Better like this. Yes. Oh, did she not like that yeah. scene? Well, and Alden had his clipboard out, making you know yeah. checks and What's wrong with you? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm afraid but, uh, it's it's you were the movie, and well, but uh, anyway, it is uh, it is a great uh, sort of a glass slipper in that sense, and and good for you for. Uh, that uh, that it fit <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow well, uh, we'll, yeah, Alden, we'll definitely have you back on before before the, the credits roll. We'll, we'll have, oh, yes. have you on again. But th- thank you very much for being part of this. For folks who want to join in our conversation, as always, we are out there on the social medias. We can you can find us on the you can find us out there on the Twitter at uh, Rocketeer Minute. You can find us on Facebook at Rocketeer or Facebook slash Rocketeer Minute. You can find us on the big site Rocketeer Pick up on all the previous episodes. Pick up some cool swag so you can uh, have. Uh, have your room dressed up in posters and such that Amazon will be happy to sell you. Uh, we, we, we've got that in our store section, and you can also uh, check check out on previous episodes here. Uh, please subscribe to us, iTunes or Google Play. Leave us a great review because that always helps us, and it makes Hal very happy in the morning when he's you know, sitting with his bowl of cornflakes going, oh, look, we got
1: another review. So, it's, I'm extremely vain and obsessed with attention, so, tell, so please. Tell us more about how you like Hal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and Jim's not so bad either. ah. Uh, but really, Jim, it's our guests. Our guests yes, who bring it, in the it's good true. reviews.
0: We we got the a list guests. It's it's great. People who know this movie, who love this movie, can be on this show. I, I don't want to hear from any naysayers, so don't even bother <laughs> us. <laughs> but we are going to have uh, tomorrow. Hopefully, I I think it's at least it's on the schedule. On my it, and spreadsheets never lie. It looks like we're going to have the Rocketeer himself on tomorrow to talk more about one good reason why Jenny should believe any of this. So we'll, we'll we'll talk some more with uh, with uh, Billy uh, Alden. Thanks again, and uh, we'll see the rest of you here tomorrow on the Rocketeer Minute. So until next time, over and out.